Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Monday, Valley sports fans. Happy game day in Arizona for the Arizona Cardinals. And we are back together in full, in some, as the morning powerhouse that we are. It's Vinny. Dan Bickley's voice on the radio. <laughs> What's up, Bick? Oh, yeah. Hey, I, yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm back. It's back. Yeah, yeah, just uh, some uh, some local. some nice downtime. But yes, that's right. Yeah, I, as I told you, and I'll I'll tell everybody now. Um, I I had this moment right before I took vacation time. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll gather the family and go back home to Chicago. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll take them there. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll not spend all this money on four other people and just go golfing for the next ten days. And that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, I did. I made a me a rare me decision. So I played a lot of golf. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. How'd you play? Good. I'm in a good place right now, man. Right. Yeah, I'm in a good place. I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. My you daughter's are... like, Dad, what happened? I used to, you used to be such a sucker. <laughs> what happened to you? I thought we were going to Disney, something right? or other. Oh, I, I got that request. Hey, Dad, we could go to Disney. Hey, Dad, we could do this. No, no, actually, we're not going to do any hey, of kids, it. Kids, Dad's going to do him. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, yeah, I, I, I actually kind of, I did that. Dan I Bickley's did me. Me era. <laughs> I we did. All right, that's right. So there you go. All right, it's good to have you back. Well, man. and I'm back. And I, who would have thought that on the day that I returned, we'd be talking about Mister Irrelevant with the 49ers and Baker Mayfield with the Rams? When I left, those two things weren't a thing. Neither one of them. That's true. Brock Purdy was a backup quarterback, and Baker Mayfield was a backup quarterback for the Carolina uh-huh. Panthers. Uh huh. And now Bakes is in the division. There was a time when we thought Baker might probably was going to end up in Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. There was a time when we thought, could the Cardinals actually be trading Kyler Murray? Remember that back in like March? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And we thought maybe Baker Mayfield might be a Cardinal. And now in, uh, of all places, he ends up with the Rams. Crazy. And crazy, a, crazy. And a great story, too. Yeah, how about it? One of the great stories of the weekend. Yeah, so let's so let's get rolling. We got a lot of stuff to do. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yes, it is game day in Arizona. Cardinals off their bye. 
15 days removed from their last game. Seems like 15 years. They take on the New England Patriots tonight at State Farm Stadium on Monday Night Football. The Cards' second appearance on Monday this year. Arizona 4-8, and eight, losers of four of their last five games. Patriots still in the AFC playoff picture at 6-6, six and six, but on a two-game losing streak. Cardinals will be without corner Byron Murphy, wide receiver Rondale Moore, and offensive lineman Rashad Coward. Defensive lineman Zach Allen popped up as questionable on the injury report. New England's top receiver Jacoby Myers is out as our corner Jalen Mills and offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn. Kickoff 615. Pre-game coverage gets started at 1.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. The question is, will the Cardinals having a bye week plus, meaning the bye week and an additional day, is that going to be worth more than giving 10 days to Bill Belichick? You know what I mean? We'll find out. Yeah. I don't. Because I think 10 days for him is probably like three weeks for most coaches in terms of preparation. So <laughs> uh, I'll say this. I, I don't think the Cardinals encore in Monday Night Football can be their, the worst than their debut this year. But you never know. <laughs> yeah, they lost by four touchdowns mm-hmm. in their debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So there was that. Elsewhere in the NFC West, the Seahawks have lost three of four, including dropping yesterday's game to the Carolina Panthers in Seattle, 30-24. to First road win of the uh, season for the Panthers, who broke a nine-game road scale dating back to last season. They ran for 223 yards on the day. 49ers obliterated Tampa Bay 35-7 in Brock Purdy's first NFL start. Purdy 16-21, of 185 yards, two touchdowns, ran for another score. Niners lost wide receiver Debo Samuel to an ankle injury in the second quarter, but it is believed he avoided serious injury. Sixth straight win for the 49ers. And, uh, of course, the uh, Rams beat the Raiders 17-16 on Thursday night. So heading into tonight, San Francisco in control of the division at 9 and 4. Seattle two games back at 7 and 6. Cardinals at 4 and 8, Rams at 4 and 9. Yeah, and there's people in after that game yesterday who were thinking, would it be ironic after all this Jimmy G Trey Lance stuff that neither one of them is the quarterback <laughs> of the future in San Francisco? It's Brock Purdy maybe. <laughs> right. Amazing. Uh Russell Wilson at his most productive day as a Broncos quarterback throwing for three touchdowns in a 34-28 loss to Kansas City, but also left the game early in the fourth quarter was ruled out with a concussion. He's in the league protocol, so his availability for Sunday's game against the Cardinals is uncertain. It was one of those situations too, not quite as jarring as what we saw earlier this year on Thursday Night Football when Tua got concussed. Right. But when Russell Wilson was down and you saw the close-up on the face and the eyes fluttering, it was kind of a scary sight. His best game, too. Yeah, I mean, they, it was his best behind, game. They got behind by 27 points and he kind of helped them rally back but, uh, but finally had some production. Yeah, but they were officially eliminated from the playoffs, which we knew was going to be the the fact, but people in Denver are like, okay, so we have no draft picks and we have no future and no present, so what, what no are we coach. doing here? No coach, no quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be anarchy! Uh, Suns battled and fell short in New Orleans on Sunday falling to the Pelicans 129-124 in overtime. Suns trailed by as many as 12 in the fourth quarter, but rallied to tie it on three different occasions. Chris Paul's jumper with 2.8 seconds left tied it at 117 to force overtime. Down three with under three minutes to go in the extra period. Paul attempted a three-pointer. Foul was called on Zion Williamson. New Orleans coach Willie Green challenged it and was successful, meaning an offensive foul on Paul, who fouled out on the play. 
Pelicans outscored the Suns 6-2 the rest of the way for their seventh straight win. Second in three days over the Suns, who have lost four straight in the regular season for the first time since yeah. March 2020. I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this basketball team with you and, and kind of picking your brain about what we are watching right now in front of us. This is uh, this has been quite a, quite a season already, I'll tell you. It has. Uh, Suns continue their road trip uh, tomorrow night in Houston against the Rockets, who beat them in Phoenix in their last meeting a couple weeks ago and just beat Milwaukee yesterday, so there's that. Uh, former Suns forward and assistant coach Paul Silas passed away Sunday at the age of 79. He played with the Suns from 1969 to 72, was one of the first All-Stars for the Suns, was traded to Boston for Charlie Scott after the 72 season. Two-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion who averaged 10 rebounds per game over his 16-year career. Also served as an assistant coach from the Suns from 95 to 97 and was a head coach for five different teams. Uh, Clayton Keller had himself a night. The Coyotes' right winger capped a hat trick with an overtime game winner as the Coyotes knocked off the Philadelphia Flyers 5-4 at Mullet Arena. Keller beat Philly goalie Carter Hart with a wrister with just 23 seconds left in overtime for his first career hat trick. Karel Vimelka had 30 seven saves for the Yotes, who have now won two straight and are on the road for a one-off against the Sharks tomorrow. Then it's back home for three straight against the Islanders, Sabres, and Canadians. Good weekend for the Coyotes. Beating Boston? Yeah. They, on Friday night? Generally, that's been their kryptonite. They have not Nine, been able... Yeah. 19 games in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that matchup has never worked for them in terms of just the culture of the Bruins and the physical game that they play. I, that's, that's not insignificant to not, finally go and beat that team. But not only Historically, that streak went back to 2010, and Boston was the best team in hockey. And still very good. Yeah. I mean, they lost three games going right. into that game. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, ASU Hoops in action tonight in Las Vegas. Bobby Hurley's 9-1 Sun Devils face Creighton at the Jack Jones Hoop Fest. Again, Jared, I said Hoop Fest. Hoop yes. Fest at the Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas <laughs> as part of a doubleheader. Creighton lost in Vegas uh, Saturday to BYU by three. ASU's won seven in a row. Tonight's game tips at seven. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. World Cup semifinal. Finals are set tomorrow. Argentina against Croatia in one semifinal. And Wednesday, it'll be the upstart, Morocco, the first African nation ever in the semifinals against defending champion France. And the uh, France. The final is set yeah. for Sunday. Yeah. And uh, one note from baseball, San Francisco Giants and left-handed pitcher Sean Manaya agreed on a two-year, $25 million contract. Manaya posted a 496 ERA and 28 starts for the Padres last season. It has been a very, very quiet offseason for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah. The uh, It's funny because over the past 10 years, the, the, the hot stove league has ceased to really exist in baseball while the trade deadline in football has become a thing. Mm-hmm. That never used to, neither used to be true. Yeah, the hot stove picked up this this year some a little bit massive busy contracts, hot, yeah. but uh, compared to, to to recent years, but still quiet here in the desert. Kyle Lewis, oh, oh, <laughs> there's that. Uh, there you go. There's your splash for Monday, December twelfth. Coming up next, it is game day. Cardinals back at it after the bye. Are we going to see anything different against the Patriots? We'll discuss straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. I see an offense that's uh, running the football well. 
You know, it's a very conservative pass game. You know, lots of screens, all kind of screens. Um, it's like a defensive guy's calling offense. You know, he's <laughs> it's how a defensive guy will call offensive plays, right? You know, let's 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 not turn the ball over. Let's let's get four yards of play and you know try to burn clock. And that's what they're doing. You know, and that's what he's going to do on Monday night. He's going to be patient. You know, maybe take a shot here. You know, from time to time. But for the most part, it's, it's running game, it's quick game, and it's screens. You know, so that's I mean, he's a defensive guy. That's what he's that's what he's doing. He's calling like a defensive guy with call plays. That's defensive coordinator Vance Joseph of the Cardinals last Thursday commenting on what he sees from the New England Patriots, obviously saying it with a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not speaking out of school because the Patriots offense is called by a defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. Yeah. And the results have been, well, this <laughs> what check, you might think. Checkered at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked to uh, respond to Vance Joseph's comments on uh, the Patriots offense, and it was vintage Bill. Yeah, I don't know. Like whatever he said, he said, so... <laughs> that man is a treasure. That man is a treasure. Wow. Whatever he said, he said. <laughs> Even the Kardashians are like, can you quit with the vocal fry, please? Right. Right. Goodness gracious. Wow. That, that that almost sounds like Bill was a little bothered by that. Sounds like he was a lot bothered yeah, by it. And it I, does. I wonder if the Patriots have been saving up all their offensive tricks for this game. <laughs> they're just going to uh-huh. unleash them all on the Cardinals' uh-huh. unsuspecting well, defense. Listen, it, it's it, this is a weird thing now because it's. I think we all look at the fact that any time anybody mentions that the Cardinals are still alive in the playoff picture, I think we all now collectively roll our eyes. Mm-hmm. They're in a situation now where they need to start building some momentum, some good stuff for the future. Kyler Murray has got to finish strong if he can pull it off just to, to get trending in a better direction. And I think that's the same is true of this football team. This football team I think has been embarrassed. Um, I think they've had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. I think they've been uh, they've become a national punchline in a lot of different ways. And I think that tonight is going to have to be, if they want to restore some dignity before the season is over, tonight would be a good place to start because if your system is not right and there are times when it looks like this system has been caught up to by the rest of the NFL, Bill Belichick's going to exploit you. And it's not going to be pretty. So uh, so the Cardinals better come and execute at a very high level tonight, or this could be more of the same. Yeah, Buda Baker kind of hit on that last week as well, talking about the the Patriots taking advantage of your weakness. Like you said, they're a different team, a team that kind of has a better job of game planning. You know, a lot of teams kind of do their certain type of things, but the Patriots, they game plan on whatever your weakness is. So we don't know exactly what they're going to be game planning the weakness of, but we know you know course the you know their general plays that they like to do so um, well coached team we know and uh, a team that is going to be hard fought battle on Monday night yeah Belichick also in his uh, Friday availability or maybe it was Thursday. I lose track of days, Bick. I'm an old man at this point. Yeah. Uh, talked about uh, the Cliff Kingsbury offense. He has a good offensive program system. Saw that in college. Had a lot of not explosive plays and players at, at Tech. And they're, they're explosive at Arizona. And have been since he's been there. Aggressive on fourth down. Aggressive in the kicking game. Aggressive on defense. I mean, their whole style is pretty aggressive. Yeah. But offensively, they 
Uh, they run it, throw it, get the ball outside, get the ball down the field. Quarterback's athletic, so you know, they got a good. Wow. Now, you have to wonder. Wow. He's the best coach of all time, but you have to wonder if he's watched any film on the Cardinals. They don't throw it down the field. They run it. They, they don't they run it. They, they do it. run it and they do throw it. Uh-huh. But they don't, there's nothing explosive well, about this offense. This is listen. One of the things they did well last week, and, and they were close to playing a good game against the Chargers. They really were. And w- one of the things they did well is James Conner ran the ball. He had his first 100 yard game as a member of the Cardinals. Uh, a patchwork offensive line um, held together very, very well. Josh Jones at left tackle is quite a revelation for a team that tried to shoehorn him into right guard last year with disastrous results. Mm-hmm. Have the Cardinals ever done that before? I'm not sure. Have they ever whiffed at trying to put a young guy in a position where... <laughs> Has that ever happened before? I have to check my notes, Beck. Yeah, so so to me, that's where this... If, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to run the ball again tonight. And, and I think that um, it won't be as easy as it was against the Chargers because the Chargers' defense is not really that good. Uh, the Patriots are good. They're a top-10 defense. They'll be very well coached. They're always great on special teams. So again, this is going to be Cardinals are going to have to execute at a very high level because yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to have a lot that's going to surprise the Patriots. No, uh Cliff Kingsbury, your point about running the football, that was definitely a high point in that loss to the Chargers, 100, over 180 yards. Normally the Cardinals get to that number, they don't lose. Uh, so that was pretty rare, but Cliff Kingsbury talked about it last week, uh, about their ability to run the ball well, uh, even with the new coaching alignment. Yeah, I, I just, guys are stepping up. Um, we've got some young guys who are having to coach rooms that they were, um, you know, basically quality control type roles prior to that. So uh, I've been proud of their effort. They've been spending a lot of hours up there and putting it in, kind of doing double duty. And um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I thought James did. Nice job running the O line blocked well, but uh, this is a really good run defense. So it'll be uh, it'll be a test on on Monday. Yeah, th- uh, three different coaches mm-hmm. uh, not there that were involved in the running game at some point in this season, going all the way back to to the off season. So the Cardinals have scrambled there. Uh, but there's going to be another cha- more changes on the offensive line. Rashad Coward out tonight, so mm-hmm. you're going to go with a combination of Lasita Smith and Cody Ford at left guard. And there's been a lot of job sharing going on in the last. A couple of weeks, and the results have been okay. I mean, that that patchwork offensive line, I think Billy Mm -hmm. Price at center has gotten better with the more snaps he's taken. Mm -hmm. Um, It is what it is right now. Well, and it's we know this to be true, and Bill Belichick's teams are generally living proof of this. You you just need a good offensive line. It didn't have to be great. It just needs to be competent. And it needs to be competent at at providing a little push in the run game on occasion and and protecting your quarterback when needed. And and I think you know, it, it's, and I think that's back into play tonight. Again, this is, it, it, to me, I look at this, and I look at this football team, and there's a lot of questions in the air that generally would surround a 4-8 and eight team in December, as we've talked about in zombie football. Uh, is this team still going to play hard for their head coach? Is this team going to still sell out and play with urgency, knowing that there's really nothing to play for? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, will the hard knock cameras and the stages, uh, a Monday night platform, uh, at least assure for at least another week you're going to get a best effort from this football team. I think it's all in play tonight, Vinny. I really do. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll have a lot more on the Cardinals, including a, a visit with Mike Reese, the nicest man in sports media who covers the uh, New England Patriots for ESPN. That's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. The 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st, featuring number 2 Michigan and number 3 TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Coming up next, the Phoenix Suns in very unfamiliar territory. A four-game losing streak. They got there yesterday with another loss to the Pelicans. We'll get into the Suns weekend straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Bick is back here on Arizona Sports, Woo-hoo. the local sports leader. <laughs> the Suns. Down two with ten seconds left. Paul crosses over straight away. Crosses over again. Thought about the three. Then penetrates on Daniels. Pull up jumper. Up around the rim. It drops. And we're tied with 2.8 seconds remaining. CP3 got the job done. On a tough shooting afternoon, he made the one that mattered most. Collum gets it. Bounce pass to Marshall. And he will dribble this thing out. Final seconds will tick off the clock. Pelicans win it in overtime, 129 to 124 to sweep the weekend set with the Suns, extend their lead in the Western Conference, and that is their seventh consecutive win. Meanwhile, for the first time since March of 2020, the Suns are mired in a four-game losing streak. Yeah, it's John Bloom with the final call on the Suns Radio Network. Uh... After what happened on Friday night, it was refreshing to see the Pelicans dribble the ball out when the game was Oh, no. I put it on Twitter. No. I, was, I was wondering what dunk Zion was going to pull out <laughs> to get it in under, uh, you know, before he uh, leaves the lineup uh, with another injury soon. So you were that's d- about Oh, you. boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so you were deeply offended by that 360 dunk, uh, I take it? N- no. Uh, honestly, the combination of two dunks under 24 seconds to go at the game decided. Pretty Bush League, gotta say. I was surprised the Suns contingent was not steadfast in its togetherness that that was a bad thing. Cameron Payne obviously took offense to it. Chris Paul took offense to it. But that might have been the only two guys. Yeah. It's a no-no. You don't do it. It's an unwritten rule. Yeah. I, do I like unwritten rules? No. And people will point back to what happened Friday night and say, oh, well, look what the Suns did in Game 5 of that series last year in, in, in Phoenix. Mikel Bridges' dunk came with 29 seconds left. They couldn't have run out the yeah. shot clock. I th- here's, here's what I think about that. I, I think you're right. I think there's an unwritten rule that you don't do that at that point in the game. But but the fact that it was a 360 windmill dunk, the degree of difficulty, to me, that that makes this a little different. If he just went up for a dunk, if he just went to stat pad, I, I would feel more strongly about it. But the fact that he did something so spectacular in front of his fans, I, I give him a little break on that. Honestly, that bugs me even more. Does it really? It, like, your athleticism washes away this unwritten rule that's established in the league. I thought you hate unwritten rules. Zion, but I, I'm talking about what's in place, Jarrett. If there's unwritten. not an unwritten rule, so, why, did, why did people get pissed about it? Why do people get pissed about this every year when this happens in the NBA? So Chris, so because Chris it's Paul, bad sportsmanship. So Chris Paul is allowed, though, to, to, to shoot a layup two seconds earlier than that. So it's, it's okay. So the Suns don't have an obligation to dribble out the clock, just the Pelicans. That's where it gets fuzzy. Do you stop playing? I don't. 
Yeah, listen, I, mean, I, 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 I know he broke the code. I know Larry, he, Larry yeah. Nance dunked under 24 yeah, seconds. No, I, listen, I know he broke the code. I, I, I'm not arguing that. I just think that it, the degree of difficulty that he attempted on that thing and the fan enjoyment he delivered to the home crowd, I think, mitigates it a little bit. Well, there's also an added layer because I think the Pelicans sort of have a little extra on them from the playoff series last year from losing that series, that there was a little more intent to it, that they wanted to rub it in a little bit. You want to hear the the New Orleans television broadcast call? Oh, sure. Play from Brandon. It's over. Pels. No, no, no. Get it done. And on the spin and the reverse, the slam by Zion. Is he saying no, no, no? Yeah, and that's true. They play again on Saturday. That'll end the season series. But that's Antonio Daniels, the color commentator for the New Orleans Pelicans, saying, no, 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 no. You can see some reaction from the bench. Mm-hmm. No, Same no, thing. don't, yeah. don't, don't yeah. do that. Well, they didn't want him to get hurt. I think that's what, what you're saying. <laughs> oh, no, his hamstrings are out to fly out his nose. <laughs> Zion was great in the two games. He's, he's quite a force. When he's in oh. shape, man, he is he is like a mini Charles Barkley. Yeah, uh, more explosive, I think. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, honestly. right. Not, yeah. not the rebounder uh, that, that Charles was, but, man, offensively, wow. what a force. Yeah. And let's look at the, where the Suns are right now. You heard it in one of the highlights that we played. First time since March of 2020. That's pre-COVID shutdown. That's pre-bubble Suns. That's a long time. Of course, they did, Paul. they did lose four straight in the NBA Finals to Milwaukee. But this is the first time in the regular season they've been in this situation. And what's puzzling to me, Bick, is that it came right after a really hot stretch, both yeah. team-wise and individually. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton was playing at a very high level. Then he had that stinker against Houston, and they lose that game. Devin Booker, three straight games of 40-plus points, and then you know can't put the ball into the hoop and, and missed yesterday's game with, with some, some hamstring tightness. The defense, uh, where has the defense gone for the Phoenix Suns? I did a little research on that, Bick. This is the first time since 2019... Uh, that they've allowed twenty or uh, 120 or more points in four straight games. Mm. It's only happened like 15 times in team history. That 2019 team was not a very good basketball team. Yeah, Defense was what this whole successful start to the season was built on. And ever since that Houston game, it's outside of the one outlier San Antonio couldn't shoot the ball their defense has been atrocious listen uh, the back-to-back game Dallas and Boston that Boston game was so alarming and so many different levels that it kind of really kind of brought some freak out factor back into the season Mm -hmm. when I thought we'd kind of gotten past that I thought the Suns had kind of rallied around this new kind of formula where it wasn't 1A and 1B with Booker and Paul it was Devin Booker being a superstar playing hero ball on a nightly basis 
basis. And when that happened with the good defenses, you said that it was like, oh, okay, this is a this is a new path. This is a good path. And and then suddenly Devin Booker's now has, has had three games where he's been held under twenty points, and now he's dealing with a hamstring injury. And people are wondering about how tough is this basketball team? Are they too soft? Are they going to be just preyed upon? Uh, against teams such as Boston going forward, and and when is James Jones going to make this move? When is he going to bring in reinforcements? It's amazing to me the kind of questions that have kind of uh, drifted back into the season. Yeah, and it, uh, like I said, it's it's turned on a dime. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of. I'm not going to say there's a lot of pressure that James Jones feels. I don't think he operates that no. way. We are three days away from that window opening up where a number of uh, NBA players become trade eligible. Does that expedite things? I don't think the deadline on its own expedites things, but man, the way this team is playing right now shines a light. And you mentioned it, the toughness factor. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have Devin Booker yesterday and, um, or excuse me, Monty Williams puts Dario Saric in, in, into the lineup and kind of adjust the defensive strategy and puts DeAndre Ayton on the uh, on Zion Williamson. Oh, I thought he did it as decent a job as you can do early mm-hmm. in the game, but the Suns, you know, when you see them play like this, their deficiencies really stand. Yeah, out. I agree with that. I I, I thought the, I thought the Friday night game, obviously that the the shenanigans at the end of the game became the story of the game. Yes. Um, what I didn't like was just how the Suns kind of fell apart in the final five minutes, and it, it looked it looked a little bit like the end of last season, where they yeah. didn't know where to go with the ball, they didn't know where or how to get points, and the lack of that number true number two score really looked again yeah. problematic on Friday. Right, Payne hit that three to give them the lead. Yeah, like, wow, they might steal this one. Right, and then you're right; they just completely fell apart yes. after that. And, but but then yesterday, which I was expecting more of the same without Booker, their level of fight was back to where it needed to be yesterday. It, so the, the 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 wavering intensity levels of this basketball team are are troubling to say the least. Yes, uh, and yesterday it was disappointing because if you go back to Friday night, it was a very encouraging performance from Chris Paul. He looked. In command, mm-hmm. offensively, he shot the ball well, and then you think, okay, Devin Booker's out. Not that you're going to count on Chris Paul for 24 points a game, but you need better than three. No, of you 10. do. You need more I than know. three of ten. He hit the big shot to send it to overtime, and then you know the call went against the Suns, and I think it was the correct call. It, you know, it was a good job by Willie Green to keep that challenge in his hip pocket because that that completely changed it the did. game. It did. Instead of Chris Paul going to the free throw line to shoot three to tie it. You get an offensive foul, he fouls out of the game, and it's pretty much over at that point. Yeah, that's what it did. Exactly. So to me, at least the intensity and the urgency was there. Coming out of that Boston game, my initial thought was, wow, this basketball team really might have a Chris Paul issue about in terms of minutes, role, what this offense should look like. Um, because if, if Devin Booker's playing on the ball more frequently, what is Chris Paul's actual value offensively? Then, he, like you said, he rebounded with a real good game on Friday that made people go, okay, Chris Paul is back. I, I, I don't know, man. It, this, is, this, is, this is a strange little place they're in right now. Because mm-hmm. we don't know when Devin Booker's going to be back. And you don't know when reinforcements are coming. Clearly, they don't have enough against the really good teams. 
Well, they you're playing a not so great team tomorrow in Houston, but Houston plays really well against the Suns. They yeah. play hard. Yeah, they They're drive hard to the basket. Yeah. They get to the free throw line, which is another thing that we'll maybe discuss later on in the show. Uh, is that differential, which I don't think is a refereeing problem at this point. The, the Suns are in a weird spot right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with that game at Houston coming up tomorrow. Coming up next, the first ever start in the NFL. By a quarterback who was a Mr. Irrelevant. I'd say it went pretty well for Brock Purdy and the Niners. We'll get into that and more hash marks straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. McCaffrey to the left, Purdy going to drop back to pass, under pressure, going to step up, try to run for it and go to the end zone standing, touchdown, San Francisco, Purdy back, time, pumps, now going to throw for the end zone, wide open, Brandon Ayuk, touchdown, San Francisco. 49ers Radio Network, two of the five touchdowns put on the board yesterday by the San Francisco 49ers in a rob over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brock Purdy from our own backyard, Perry High School star, went to Iowa State, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, uh, makes his first start after he was pressed into duty last week after the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. And you weren't here last week, but um, we we talked about that, uh, you know, Brock Purdy being at the controls. He's not going to be asked to win games for the 49ers, but no. he played, I think, better than most people thought he well, has. He played with a little attitude. Plus. He, right. play, he played with a little attitude. They don't miss a beat. They lose one of their top offensive players during the game again, mm-hmm. and they absolutely annihilated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. The 49ers well, that, are playing with a real confidence and edge to them right it's now. It's a dangerous football team yes. because they're very physical. They're good. They have a lot of swagger. They know it. Uh, they've got a very a reliable offensive system. They've got a very smart head coach. they got a good thing going right now. And the the Brock Purdy story was, uh, was amazing on a couple of different levels. Apparently, his parents went to yesterday's game mm-hmm. and were going to yesterday's game all along because they wanted to see Tom Brady in person. So they had no idea that, you know, fate was going to conspire to have their son actually be the star of that game, yeah, not which only, was quite something. They got to see Tom Brady get outplayed by yeah, their son making right. his first start. Isn't that unbelievable? Todd Bowles, yeah, not that impressive. They didn't present any problems. He ran the offense and, you know, Kyle did a great job. Uh, they got us on two double moves and he ran their offense. Everything we knew we were had it coming and we just got to know we sat up there, and in short, we got our asses kicked. <laughs> and Brock Purdy on how he prepared for his first start. Just the reps at practice and all that kind of stuff, knowing that you're the guy going into the game, um, that was a little different. Other than that, you know, my emotions and everything, just my hotel room, studying last night and all that kind of stuff, it's, it was all relatively the same. Um, and then when we found out, you know, we're getting the ball uh, to start the game out, that's when I was like, okay, like, this is getting real. Well, let's go. And so that's why I'm saying, like, to sort of get hit on the first play, it's sort of, I sort of liked it. But other than that, um, you know, it was just a, it was another football game. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's not the biggest guy, Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. but he's durable. He had a you know, long tenure as Iowa State's starter. I think he started 46 games in college. He's very competent. He's experienced. He's calm. He's kind of like one of those, like, quarterback savants. Yeah, he just processes things. I it's weird to say because I'm not a 49ers fan, but yeah. when you consider the local tie and then the romanticism of this guy being, you know, almost 
completely disregarded in the draft process, one spot away from being completely disregarded. It's a great sports story. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it is a great sports story, and it's ironic because the 49ers gave up so much draft capital to get Trey Lance and gave up so little to get Brock Purdy. It's quite a contrast. Yeah, um, yeah listen, I, I, I think that is, that's fascinating to me because when the whole Baker Mayfield thing began to shake out, I thought to myself, okay, he's going to end up with the 49ers. They've got to do something because they're not going to get where they want with Brock Purdy, and yet the thing that just struck me is, look, he got inside a game yesterday that was very um, very manageable for him. His, his team got out to a lead. The defense was allowing nothing. Tom Brady looked old, and and so it was a perfect scenario for him, but just his he, he did not act like that moment was too big for him, and you can see that on quarterbacks. You, you can see that a mile away. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't too big for him. Yeah, very impressive on the yeah. flip side. Yeah, you mentioned Tom Brady looking old through another tantrum yesterday. Yeah. TB stands for tantrum boy now. He yeah. doesn't really like when things don't go his way. Isn't it unbelievable? Not used to it. No. I guess at age 45. And he's 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 from what I've and I've only seen bits and pieces, but I, he is lobbying for for flags more than he ever has. It, it just there's a level well, he of, did get choked out yesterday he, by Australia. He kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> he got his throat grabbed uh-huh. and and, and kind of clasped onto. Did you see this report? Uh, Mike Mike Silver wrote this in the San Francisco Chronicle um, about what Tom Brady does prior to games now. Um, here's a, a little snippet from uh, Silver's column in uh, the Chronicle. The level of responsibility that Brady imposes upon himself has always been massive, and this year he's taxed to the max. One example, on the night before each game, Brady runs a separate meeting with the Bucks' skill players, during which he goes over the game plan, makes tweaks to assignments and formations, and provides a revised blueprint, one which first-year head coach Tom Todd Bowles, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, and the rest of the staff are left to discover in in real time once the game begins. It's not working. They scored seven points yesterday. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> is, he, is Tom Brady's tweaks actually helping? Would it be worse if he wasn't doing that, or is he hindering any progress? With the weapons they have, it's it's weird that they're struggling to score Look, to the point that they are. They, and they've had injury issues mm-hmm. just like every other team, but I walk away and you know look looking now at what the Buccaneers have failed to do. And in Todd Bowles' first year, and I know you're a big Todd Bowles guy, fan, uh, guy, I am too. I don't know if he's had coaching material, and that offense just flat out sucks. Which is weird, again, when you've got two wideouts like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And, yeah. and, and you've got and a guy Julio like Leonard Fournette. You've got Julio Jones at your three. And, yeah, their offensive line is, has been decimated, and they've lost some key pieces there. But that's I, – I, it, it just – it's not working. And, and I don't know – they've been off from the very beginning. You know, they, they were lucky to be at 500 going into yesterday's game. They had won a couple of great miracle escapes. Comebacks, yeah. A couple of miracle comebacks going into it, and they kind of just got exposed yesterday. Yeah, and they're still in first place in the NFC South, it's, which really shines a light on this. It doesn't pop up every year, but when it does, it's a real bad look for the NFL. And that, yet that the winner of a bad right. division with a bad record can still host a playoff game. Now, what's amazing is the Steve Wilkes story is part of the discourse today. If the Panthers win out, they're going to win that division. Yes. Which, could you imagine what a flex that would be? How uncomfortable that might be for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah. I, uh, hey, I, I got to call it like I see it. 
I'm really impressed with what Steve Wilkes has done. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. Mean, they got rid of Baker Mayfield. They traded Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. Everybody thought, oh, they're throwing up the flag. Steve Wilkes can't coach this team with any success. Right. And they look go at to it. Seattle and and didn't just eke out a win. They dominated. That they team. did. They did. So it's you got to give you got to give him his props for seizing this moment the way he has. It, it, it would be hilarious if a nine and eight Panthers team hosted like a thirteen win Cowboys team. That in would the playoffs be. Wouldn't that be something? So it's. It's, you look at the Seahawks, they're fading. The Giants are fading, right? Yes. The Lions are coming on. They are. Five of their last six. The Vikings are going to Viking. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The teams are starting to show the Dolphins are kind of fading a little bit. Yeah. What? We'll get into maybe this later on, but what has happened to two of the last two weeks? This is the time of year. Everyone's sort of like you see his numbers showing who they night? really are Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, it's the MVP race kind of really, it, the, the the grouping of guys kind of narrowed significantly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's Jalen Hurts now, but, but two is no longer on that short list. And he was for a while. Yeah, I don't, it, it's, this is the time when it gets a little funky in the NFL. You kind of see what's what. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals have been no strangers to anonymous quotes popping up about their personnel this season. And more of those anonymous quotes popped up over the weekend will fill you in. On the scathing report next, it's uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.